Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Conceit. Uh, my name is... Ed- Wait, no. Ah, shit. Ah, why do I keep forgetting? All right, all right. Hold Are on. Are you doing Take, that on purpose? T- no, I don't. All right. Another, <laughs> welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Conceit. It's a podcast... <laughs> Where two best friends who are separated by physical distance uh, hang out and talk to each other about a piece of media that one of us has seen and really likes and has some sort of history with, and the other person uh, hasn't ingested yet. And so uh, we get their take on what it's like, you know, experiencing it for the first time, and then the other person's take on, you know, why they like it and why they wanted to share it. Uh, And then we make a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Then we're also both. bartenders and at the end of it uh we have to think of a cocktail based on the media and that's the conceit uh my name is adam haskins and i'm a craft cocktail bartender here in columbus ohio and my name is logan redden and i'm a craft cocktail bartender and events coordinator in evansville yeah how, how you doing logan that's a loaded I question am... yeah it's i'm still deep deep into plague times and at this current point in time it does not seem like that is going to end at any time soon until we get a vaccine so fun i'm trying to so we my uh my events coordinator position has basically just not been a thing for the last like three or four months because we weren't open oh well Uh, like me saying i'm a craft cocktail bartender is also pretty much a lie because i I haven't tended a bar in like months yeah i know but we still those are those were our job titles maybe we shouldn't like we're both still bartenders, regardless. I think that is an accurate statement. Yeah, yeah. It's we, like, we have certificates now, Adam, from Bar we, Smarts. We do have certificates from Bar Smarts. You know what? You're right. And it's also like the end of uh, the third Iron Man movie, where like he decides or like has a journey about how uh, even outside of the armor, like he he is arm, Iron Man. Uh, yeah. It's, it's also sort of like how Batman is always Batman, and then Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yeah, 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 that's a whole. That's a. That, yeah, yeah. That's the reason why the third Iron Man movie is my favorite movie of the Iron Man trilogy. Yes. Oh, I agree. Oh well, mine. The reason it's my favorite is because it's a Shane Black movie, and it's, also because it's Shane Black. Yeah, movie. it's. I don't think of it as Iron Man three. I think of it as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've never actually seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, it's great. It's the prequel to Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think Nick told me that too, and I'm like, that's probably right. I'll. Pro- I would probably like that movie a lot too. But that's like the so, I totally get criticism on a lot of Marvel movies. Uh, that's the one that a lot of people don't like, and I'm like, you guys are idiots. This is like an objectively good movie. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's even not, outside the superhero genre, like this is just a good movie. This is just a fun, good movie. Yeah, no, fucking. Uh, what's what's the um, what's the guy who plays the Mandarin in that movie? What's his name? Oh yeah, um, he played Gandhi. He played Gandhi. He played a role in the Ender's Game movie. Yeah, uh, I don't care about that. Yeah, where he did um, Maori face for some reason. That was a poor choice on like that movie's part. Ender's Game? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, they had him like covered in traditional Maori tattoo like all over his face. And I'm like, huh. that was that's a choice. Uh, inter- interesting, but may- maybe don't. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. did blackface for Tropic Thunder. Yeah, so. yeah. And I don't know how he got away with that. Uh, so I was actually, uh, I've been thinking about that recently because I, uh, long story short, there is another comedian that I like a lot who had a Joe Rogan podcast episode interview and I watched that on YouTube and now my YouTube like recommended stuff shows a bunch of Joe Rogan episodes and clips 
and I don't really like Joe Rogan that much. Yeah, me neither. But every once in a while, he has someone really interesting on there that I actually do give a shit about listening to. And one of them was Robert Downey Jr. Wait, oh shit, I think I did see this. Yeah, and so Robert Downey Jr. was on Joe Rogan, and this is like a podcast, I'm on a podcast now, so I, I'm going to finish from my thought, and I'm going to stop, because I don't like that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Robert Downey Jr. was on Joe Rogan, and was talking about that, that exact moment, because Joe Rogan was like, how did you fucking get away with that shit? And he was like, well, I thought it was a terrible idea, but like I trust Ben Stiller, because Ben Stiller is a really funny comedian. And like wrote the whole movie and directed it and everything, and the whole deal was that because Ben Stiller did um, his uh, um, simple Jack joke in there, oh yeah, that, that was the thing everyone like lightning rotted towards, and not Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface. Man, yeah, huh? And he and Robert Downey Jr. was like, yeah, fucking dodged a bullet there because I was like, I don't know about this, man. This seems kind of weird. And Vince was like, no, no, just go with it, just go with it. And, uh, yeah, no, he just dodged complete bullet. And I will defend, I will defend that movie a little bit. Like, I, blackface in general, not really a cool fucking thing to do. Not, not cool. Or brown face or whatever face. Um, in that movie, though, it is, the point of it is that it's making fun of actors that do that. That's the whole joke. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is like, self, like self-referential yeah. towards that. Like yes. And they and, have another yeah. character in the movie that's literally pointing that out, like the entire time. Which I mean, I guess, like, and it's not even like it's not too. I don't know. It's not too bad. It, I, I think it's it's funny because it's like the whole character arc. That's the whole joke of why it's in the movie at all. I do it, actually like Tropic. Yeah, a lot. like Ben Stiller has this way of making movies that like would be very very good if we lived in the prime universe oh yeah for sure and yeah yeah, like like uh, mystery men like have you ever seen mystery men it's been a while i actually kind of like mystery men mystery is pretty good and then yeah then like tropic thunder like like the simple jack like that actually is well i don't know uh i'm conflicted on it as being an actor myself yeah well the whole joke about that is that it's He's actually a bad actor doing a bad impersonation of a mentally handicapped person. And the whole joke is that the foreign people don't understand that it's a bad acting job. Yeah. So I think that's also kind of funny. And they don't, that's not done a bunch. Like there's like three scenes maybe of that. There's way more of Robert Downey Jr. blackface for sure. Oh yeah, he's in it for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about Robert Downey Jr. and blackface. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should talk about the thing we're talking yeah, about. Oh, wait, actually, no. Logan, hey, what what are you I, drinking? The other thing that we do. Um, I am drinking uh, kind of a... It's kind of complicated to say, because I don't know what it's exactly called. It's basically, it's a gin mule. Uh, I made a mule. I even got a copper mug. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's a pretty ice. copper mug. Uh, thanks, I stole it from work. Um, mm-hmm. it was, well, it was the only one of that set that we had left and we bought a bunch of new ones and we were like, a, we don't want one random one, one oddball out. Yeah. That's, yeah, you absolutely take that. that. So I took it. Yeah. Uh, you should. No one cares. No. Uh, why would they? Like it's, it's. No, they were literally like, yeah, take this, take this shit away from here. We a, a glass by itself might as well not exist. Like basically I remember, um, at a bar I used to work at called the red light. Uh, when we first opened, we had these martini glasses, 
Like the full on like triangle. Hate that. Hate glasses like that. They just they yeah, they yeah. spill. They just fucking spill. They're gonna spill. And they're they were, like designed to spill. They are. Uh, <laughs> coupes are just better. Anyway, yeah, it was a martini. It was like a full on triangle martini glass, and these things were fucking paper thin. And so, like, you look at them sternly, and they shatter. And <laughs> I've, so, I've, I've worked with those before, yeah. We had two boxes of everything when we first started, and then we just were shattering those glasses. So, like, within, like, two weeks, we had to order another two boxes. And then, like, wow. after those were, like, shattering, like, in, in the process of shattering, we all decided, okay, we're not buying any more of the martini glasses. We're just not having them anymore. And I remember one night at like end of a Saturday shift, I am uh, doing dishes and I go to the manager, Zach, and I'm like, hey, Zach, just want to give you a heads up, let you know, this is the last martini glass in-house. And he goes, okay, can I see that real quick? And so I hand it to him and he walks over to our recycle bin that had been pulled out to get like taken away. And he just looks at me and he says, this ends on my terms and just <laughs> shatters it into the recycle bin. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking great. Yeah, no, martini glasses are... I think we've talked about this before. Martini glasses are garbage. They're just... Yeah, they're garbage. They're just the worst. Use a, use a Nick and Nora or use a Coupe or use just any other Anything. form of glassware. There's, they're never superior. They look pretty. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Anyway. Cool, cool. So, yeah, pour a candle into them. Yeah. Exactly. Use them for anything but actual... But so, I have my mule. It's I'm using gin because I bought like a handle of uh, Beefeater at yeah. cvs for like thirty dollars because beef eater is dope yeah um, and super cheap um but i made a ginger syrup myself out of ginger root and water and sugar just oh like, yeah the blender one you said like, you were talking about right worked out really really well by the way um you I just have want to, to try have, that technique yeah you need a nut bag or cheesecloth because the problem is that to get all of the uh the pulp out you can't use like a fine like i try to use a fine mesh strainer I uh, would not work. No. There's no, no way. You gotta, like, you gotta pour that stuff into a bag, and then you have to just, like, strangle the bag. Yeah. You gotta squeeze it out. Yeah. But anyway, so I made that, and then I also, uh, I went to the grocery store on, I don't know, like, Monday or something. I don't Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, I went to the grocery store earlier this week and bought some raspberries, because I also wanted to try, from the same YouTube guy I watch, uh, who is um, Educated Barfly, if anyone cares. Um, he also had a recipe for uh, raspberry... Uh, syrup and so i made some raspberry syrup out of raspberries and simple syrup yeah and that turned out okay it didn't have a lot of raspberry flavor but basically i made a mule out of uh soda water and ginger syrup and raspberry syrup and gin that sounds really fucking good it's really good like surprisingly like did you wait wait did you say any a citrus component in there oh there's lime in here too there's lime oh okay yeah yeah i just like squeezed half a lime and just nice like three ounces of gin and then like an ounce of each syrup basically and then top of soda water so that Perfect. is i like uh, just like a straight up like a mule but you use gin i've always known as a london mule yeah I didn't, i've never made a london mule before so i didn't know what to call it because at uh fidel's we do a, a kentucky mule yeah yeah there's there's a, a name for all big five there's mm-hmm. moscow mule there's london mule kentucky mule uh mexican mule if you use tequila and yes. then a Jamaican mule, if you use rum. And it's really weird because uh, two of them are cities. One is a state. One is a country. And the other one is also a country. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's fine. They're just words. You know mm-hmm. roughly what it means. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I think, have we talked about this before? That So, like, it's a similar thing with um, uh, Bloody Marys. 
where you have a Bloody Mary is with vodka, a Bloody Maria is with tequila, um, but if you use gin, it's called a red snapper. Yeah, because fucking, like, like British people, like... <laughs> I just think it's the most, like, it doesn't it doesn't follow any, like, rules. It's just like, yeah, it's a red snapper. It's like, yeah, but this is called a Bloody Mary. Like, no, but no, no this sense. is a red snapper. Yeah. Same ingredients except for one thing. Although I will say I made a red snapper with uh, Hendrix gin and muddled cucumber, and it was dope. Mm, that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I don't like Bloody Marys, but, like... Hendrix I like and... bloody I like really spicy bloody marinas. That's what I like. Mm. That's my preference. I've made some really good ones before. You get like some like actual muddled like pepper in there and I mean you get the like double strain, which is really annoying for a bloody Mary. I just I don't but, uh, want to drink a boozy stew. That's fair. <laughs> that's that doesn't that's seem fair. appealing to me. It's weird though, because I don't actually like like tomato juice at all. Or tomatoes. Hmm. Uh, this might show up on the the record so i'm gonna go ahead and say now uh we are recording on july 3rd so they're actively fireworks going off outside oh yeah brother. they're actively fi- oh i thought uh, i was hearing mine oh there also are fireworks going off out by me too yeah and i live like downtown like near a river so like they're just they, everyone's gonna be fire i was about to say like I, I i don't know exactly what to say like uh, i'm not gonna wish anybody a happy this holiday like no, I, if I'm anything not feeling not feeling super patriotic right now no i should I, should we just say like it's it's gonna be july 4th soon fuck tomorrow's gonna far, tomorrow's tomorrow's gonna be july 4th and i have a day off so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go to a liquor store i'm gonna buy some booze and i'm gonna sit in my house my apartment with my cat and play video games and get drunk that's probably what i'm gonna do yeah i'm gonna keep working on moving <laughs> that's fair I might do some editing. Uh, that's probably I'll do that at some point more than likely. I just uh, I I don't really like fireworks to begin with. So like they're they're interesting to set off. Like they're kind of fun for like a minute, and then watching them, I it's the same experience for me where it's like fun to do for a minute. And yeah, then and then you're done. Yeah. So Adam, what are you drinking? What do you uh, get that for? I'm drinking a not a complicated drink, but a complicated story about a drink. Uh, sure. So I, same, that's what I just did. So great, go for it. Uh, it's a mezcal last word. Oh, interesting. And uh, you know this because you're my friend and you participated with it. Whenever I uh, leave a city, I like to go to my favorite cocktail bar there and order a last word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I can make a pithy uh, social media post about how, uh, well, I'm I'm heading out of this city pretty soon, uh, but I got the last word. it's the it's the best cocktail to get in a city that you're leaving because it's the last word that's right it's also just a good cocktail yeah it is it's especially if you like replace the gin with mezcal because i don't think gin can hold up to green chartreuse i think you need a really powerful gin you need something like really like you need a a like a dry you need a navy strength gin yeah and like a really like english juniper ford navy strength gin i feel like uh remember that that hendrix orbium that yeah we had at fidel's yeah Um, i feel like that would hold up in a last word i might mess with that when i get back because we still have a few bottles Mm -hmm. Uh, oh so so like i'm drinking this cocktail here in my house uh but i did go get this from a bar that i really like here in columbus called denmark and uh, not only did I get it because, like, I am leaving Columbus, uh, I got it because Denmark is 
shutting down a second time. So I saw on their social media, like their Insta, like they're like, hey, just so you guys know, uh, tomorrow we're going to be closing again. So tonight and tomorrow are going to be our last days. Uh, if you want to come in and have one, get one more drink from us, uh, mm-hmm. feel free to do so, but you must wear a mask at all times. Yeah. And so I went, I, rock, I rocked up there and uh, that was actually the very first bar, uh, the very first cocktail bar I went to in Columbus. Nice. Yeah, so it felt thematically appropriate that that's the place that I got my last word from. And so, that pretty fair. And then I, I, <laughs> me and my partner like brought our own jars because uh, we didn't want them to use any jars or give us any jars because we're downsizing because we're moving. And so we're just like, here, here are our own jars. Go ahead and just fill them up with last word. And so we're like, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm drinking now. That's good. When are you guys planning to move? What's the, what's the, the date? Yeah, well, yeah. her uh, lease ends on, uh, like, at the end of this month, mm-hmm. and then mine gets done on, like, August 15th. It, like So, like, August 14th is last night. I could possibly stay at my place. So, we're going to be gone before one of those two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the plan. Yeah, that, that cool. is the plan. I hope that works out for you guys. I know it's weird fucking times. I, I My lease ends literally, like, this month, uh, but I my landlord's really chill and after a full year lease she just lets you go month by month basically like my, i think most landlords do that actually but uh, i guess yeah i guess most landlords that that must be only common in evansville but i guess that's like almost every landlord i've ever had in evansville has been like that like yeah do and, one unless year they're, and then go month to month unless they're corporate and then i've always gotten out of yeah. there one year because i don't give a shit about that yeah um, but everyone else i've like had been under has been like a a local kind of person so they're usually pretty chill where you do like the full year and then you just go month by month. Yeah. Okay. We should talk about the thing we're talking about. We probably should. We're like about we 20 minutes into this it. podcast. So yeah, we should talk about the thing. I think that's fine. We haven't, we haven't really talked that much lately. So I think it's, it's chill to, to catch chat up. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and at some point during this podcast, I'm going to run out of that last word, which is probably going to be soon. And then I'm going to drink another surprise drink, which I'll, I'll have to interrupt our discussion for to tell you about. I'm into that. Yeah. I won't be interrupting with any surprise drinks because all I have right now is gin and the stuff to make meals and beer. So I'll just be drinking uh, those. Uh, of Yeah, I'll be drinking a beer probably. When I when we make our way through Evansville, like on our, our move out, hmm. I am probably going to stop by and like give you a box full of like half full bottles. Sweet. That sounds dope. That would be awesome. Yeah, because we can't. Can't take it. Can't can't take it with you. <laughs> That's super fair. Yeah. yeah. No, we should find some way to at least like see each other. Uh, but yeah, I don't come into Fidel's. It'll be fine. Yeah. Don't no. worry about that. I, All right. I, I can't even guarantee it'll be open. But you, know, you have a key. You have a key? can we just? No, I don't. But no? it's never really locked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have a key to get into the bar itself. So actually, uh, yeah. No, if you want to come in on a day we're not open. Yeah, like a Sunday feel free and just like the three of us just stand there like all six feet apart and just be like yeah for sure boy this is a fucking weird world and then maybe we'll maybe you can go grab some like glasses and we can all drink some of the whiskey that i'll bring you like so we're not even using house products yeah for sure i'll you know i'll yeah let's do it honestly i don't know why my manager would have any issues with that i I like that all right so uh the thing we're talking about tonight is Mm -hmm. The Martian, the novel, 
by Andy Weir. And slash the movie, because we also both watched the movie. Yeah, we also did kind of both end up watching the movie while we were reading the book. But you hadn't read the book before, had you? No, I have not. I've I've seen the movie before. I watched it around the time it came out um, because I'd heard really good things about it. And I'd had the book on Audible for a really long time, like probably around that same time. Uh, And I just never listened to it. Um, And I listened to that version. Did you end up listening to the, uh, the version we talked about? So, yeah, there are two uh, versions of the audiobook. There's uh, the original one, which has like a really gruff, uh, like super action hero sounding mm-hmm. uh, voice actor who's like, Colonel, I'm trapped here on <laughs> Mars. He sounds he sounds like Snake. He sounds like Solid Snake. He really does. Solid series. Which I always found That's for sure, like, right? like a little bit like... Uh, what's that like when you can't when it get you when you get pulled out of the story uh your um disbelief your suspended oh uh, yeah the suspension of disbelief yeah it, it always kind of broke or like stretched my suspension of disbelief to have That's this fair. like 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 because he like the character is also written as like nerdy sciencey like nasa guy yeah who like is really pithy and sarcastic definitely not a like super chiseled jawline like uh, uh, Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so I listened to the second edition of the audiobook, which is narrated by Will Wheaton, which is ex- absolutely who I would picture as like the voice of a, of a engineer botanist <laughs> astronaut. Trapped on Mars. Yeah. yeah. Trapped on Mars. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fair. I, so I, I had a pretty, it wasn't terrible for me. I think the voice actor they had for the audiobook the version I listen to is not too dissimilar from Matt Damon's voice. Like it's not super, super far apart because Matt Damon has been an action star. Like, yeah. So for me, it's like, I'm already just picturing Matt Damon. Yeah. So it's like, this isn't that far off from that. And also, honestly, his, uh, his voices for the, like the other characters, like the earth characters, basically were all pretty good. Um, he did a decent job at all of those. That is uh, one thing I would say about so the, that helped um, me a lot. the, um like the will wheaton version is mm-hmm. uh will wheaton is cool um will wheaton is not a voice actor and he yeah. didn't do us he doesn't do a super good job of like doing character voices i could see that that honestly that was the thing i was the most because i thought about trying to find the will wheaton because i already had the uh the version that i listened to yeah i thought about trying to get the will wheaton when i listened to a little clip of it i'm like you know okay no his uh his um uh, mark watney is not bad but i don't believe in will wheaton enough like William's a great guy and he's a solid actor slash personality uh but i do not have any confidence in him doing character voices or that many of them um, yeah and then yeah i think the one that did the one that i listened to did a pretty good i can't remember his name and i feel bad for that because i he did a decent job like i thought it was pretty good but um overall though like that's only a pretty small portion of the book like it's like maybe a third like maybe most of it's just mark watney so i don't think that's the biggest thing because there's other so um we've been talking about doing american gods for a while the american gods full cast audiobook is so fucking good it's so good to the point where i like i haven't seen the tv show and i don't want to watch because i've heard mixed things and i also have a hard time believing that any tv show will get a cast as good as that cast is. Yeah, like, I've, I've listened to about a quarter of that before, like, we had to, like, kind of drop it. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really good. I the only other full so cast good. audiobook I've listened to is World War Z, which is also like really fucking. The good. World War Z one is really. I haven't listened to it in a while. I'll have to re-listen to it at some point. I think I still have it on Audible. I would, um, yeah. I would definitely re-listen to that. I think that might be one of my favorite book. World War Z is a really good fucking book. It's the movie, really the good. fact that the movie is just turned into like kind of an action survival movie. Yeah, the movie is trash. Uh, well, it's so dumb because like if you just if you took that exact book idea and you gave it to HBO, yeah. or, like, or like Netflix or Hulu or whatever, like someone who's going to really take it seriously and just make like a limited series, like maybe like two or three seasons, like maybe. yeah, like a one or two season, like yeah, you don't you don't even need that much. Yeah, and you just make it exactly like the book is where you have a guy who's just doing interviews with the people who experience it and you do like flashbacks to the stuff they're experiencing throughout and you do a different kind of person each time different kind of experience that would be so fucking that that's like i don't know like the zombie like like um a genre is not been good in television for a while like because walking dead just ran to the ground Mm -hmm. um well, there's a lot of movies that did it, but like right now, no one cares about zombies anymore. But if you did that, that would that that is the way to make zombies good in TV again. Like we, you have a template, just do it. Y- y- like, literally, just just do that movie. Yeah, you literally just have to take those chapters scene by scene. Like you don't even have to do that much. Maybe you have like interstitial stuff to like give you some more background every once in a while. But yeah, like like, like edit it a little bit more just... to like like put things in different order so that it makes yeah. better sense on TV. But just fucking do that. Okay, so let's like, let's talk about the anyway. thing we're talking about. Yeah, sorry. So, um, what did you think about it, Logan? Like, what did you think about the audiobook? Like, because I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, so I liked the movie when I watched it. Uh, because I am a big fan of sci-fi movies in general. Oh. I think I don't like sci-fi novels as much. I think we've talked about that before too. Oh, yeah. I prefer fantasy, like yeah, low yeah. fantasy to high fantasy. Um, but I did like it a lot, actually. Um, there's things that I liked about it, about the book more than I like the movie. Um, in general, I really like the idea of the novel because basically the novel is it's a low sci-fi where it's like, in the next like 10 to 15 years i don't think they ever say a date i've heard it like the genre that it's like the sub 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 genre it is mm-hmm. is is hard sci-fi that's fair i was thinking low sci-fi because it's not like they, they talk about some they don't ever talk about anything that's like super out of the realm of possibility like it's stuff that we don't know how to do yet or we haven't like done yet yeah um with tech but that we have an idea of how to do or that we think would work um but it also like it's definitely like in the future some at uh, some undetermined amount of time in the future oh like, yeah not, like not distant future like within the next like 10 to 15 years i, I really like sure. the it's it's sometime within the next like 100 years i really like how they they like really obfuscate it to mm-hmm. be like there's no ref like real good references to mm-hmm. like popular culture yeah so that like the only references to pop culture, like in the novel, are to uh, like, like, like old twentieth uh, century TV, like Happy Days and Disco, because like one character is a real like seventies file. Yeah, but like that's gonna remain the same whether it's you know, uh, twenty fifteen or like uh, twenty fifty five. Yeah, I think that was the whole point of those moments uh, is to kind of not date it too much because if you make it too recent of references, it would date it really hardcore. I think. Because there's a whole thing with pop culture where, like, there's some things that, like, stand the test of time, um, and there's other ones that just don't. 
Like, if he had mentioned at any point, like, Big Bang Theory. Um, yeah. I would immediately be like, oh, this was definitely made in, like, 2009. Um, okay, I, I will want to say this real quick, because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Um, sure. Uh, we're both liars, because, like, the first line of the plot summary on the Wikipedia page, which was sitting in front of me during this whole conversation, mm-hmm. is... In 2035, the crew of NASA Ares Mission 3 arrived. Oh, really? Yeah, so canonically, I guess it's 2035. I guess. I don't think they ever... I don't think there's ever dialogue where they say what year it is. No, it is. there is not. There's dialogue about how long the missions are and like what the plans are and like how long it'll take, like time-wise. But I don't think they ever actually specifically say yeah. what year it is. No, they do like, not. And they don't make reference to like what the year could be. And I think that that 2035 number is probably from like some sort of publisher saying like, hey, probably, hey, you have to write a blurb for the back. Hey, you have to write a blurb for the back and you have to say yeah. you have to put in a date so people know it's like a near future sci fi novel. That seems like a, that seems like a blurb kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're yeah. So it's like I, I would consider like I don't know, I, I'm saying low sci fi because like that's how you determine like fantasy where like you have your high fantasy where it's like there's a bunch of elves and dragons and like your game of thrones is basically like your game of thrones your lord of the rings that kind of stuff and you your low fantasy which i think my favorite example is like dresden files where like oh yeah or for like sure like there's, there's a lot of, yeah armas Fowl is a really good one uh there's a lot of fantasy concepts but it's like based in like the main character is from our world they live in our world they're interacting with like new york city or like chicago or like whatever big city mm-hmm. and like they have you know your common cultural like, like your staples. like your like true blood would be like a low fantasy yeah exactly um or so like, uh, or like dr strange yeah for sure exactly like dr strange so like that's 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 why i'm coming from with it because i come from more i think fantasies i've read some sci-fi i've i've watched some sci-fi i've watched a lot of sci-fi movies um, so, like I said, I don't... yeah, I know this uh, book and like the movie has been, well, the book has been awarded like, mm. uh, like uh, sci-fi novel awards, but like the category it's always in is, is hard sci-fi and people, yeah, people use that to distinguish between like, like sci-fi where it's like, uh, the, uh, foundation series by Isaac Asimov where it's like mm-hmm. really far in the future, super fantastical. That's yeah. like... Where it, the difference is between, yeah, is I, I hear the argument a lot about the difference between fantasy and sci-fi are really not that distinct um when you get to those extremes yeah 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 basically because it's basically you're you're just subbing out like techno babble for wizard spells exactly Uh, but then like if you like draw back in and it's like hard sci-fi means it's Mm. like everything is based off like hard science and shit and i i tried to find on the wikipedia page but i couldn't find a citation for it but i've heard that uh while uh andy weir was writing this he was using like an online forum with like scientists and stuff to like huh. peer review his chapters and they'll be like they would be like no this like type of amperage like can't be used on mars because polar bear shit yeah. in the woods yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that's so like i mean obviously it's coming from we're bartenders we're not fucking scientists i i know yeah an amount about science none of this seemed like super out of the realm of possibility basically like all of it makes sense more or less yeah and i feel like that's the so the way i was thinking about this novel was um it's like um 
it's like a survival novel because I've read some survival novels, like wilderness novels or whatever, uh, oh. like fiction, like Swiss Family it's, Robinson. Yeah, or like um, uh, you ever read My Side of the Mountain? No, I've heard of it though. Yeah, it's a book I read in like grade school, um, but I really like that book a lot because it's basically just about it's about this kid. His family lives in like New York, like like city or like in the suburbs of New York City. And he like collects like 30 ish dollars in like the 20s or 40s and uh, knows that his grandparents own some land way out in the wilderness somewhere near New York. Huh. It might have been New York. It's like a bigger city, whatever. And he just like pays a taxi driver to just drop him off. And he just goes out and lives there for like a year. And it's not based on any like actual like real life events. It's just like the writer wanted to write about a bunch of like, how would this kid survive for a year by himself basically? Oh, Um, and it's like real in depth about that. Like he, like he uh, catches a Falcon and like trains it to help him catch food. And like, he builds his own like shelter and stuff and makes his own tools. And yeah, it's super, I read that when I was a kid, but it reminded me a lot of that. So this, this novel is kind of like a, it is a sci-fi novel, like hard sci-fi, but it is also a big core of what it is. is it's a survival novel where like it's, yeah. it's about trying to figure out the dynamics of surviving in an environment. So it, it has a lot of parallels with those kind of novels, I feel like, um, which are not super popular now. I don't know if they've ever been like popular, but they have been a thing before. Uh, yeah like they they had their i'm pretty sure they had their moment in the sun where they were like you know the hunger games slash divergent slash kite runner slash maze runner of of their day kite runners kite runner is a different thing maze runner no kite runner is about oh man i read that that's about like (sighs) it's like it's like kite runner it's like an immigrant story yeah yeah, does this one get like molested in it? I don't know. Yeah, it's very, it's very like sad it's, and real world and dramatic. It's, it's not, it's not a story about adolescents overthrowing. No, uh, no, it's not overthrowing tyrannical fascist governments by becoming gladiators. I think they had the, I think they had us read that in like sophomore year of high school, and that novel is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. From what I remember, it's been, you know, obviously like 12 years. Okay, so here's a question. Uh, which did you like better, the book or the movie, now that you've uh, experienced um, them both? Okay, so as someone who does like movies a lot, who does like sci-fi movies more than like sci-fi novels, I did really, really enjoy the movie. And obviously I watched the movie first. Um, I think the kind of the kind of thing that this is going for works better in novel format. Yeah, um, I absolutely although, agree with that counterpoint is for myself i guess because i'm just arguing to myself now um is that so at a certain point in the novel and it's towards the end uh it's like the last like third um there is a thing that survival novels do where the hero like figures out a way to do a thing or the protagonist figures out a way to do a thing and then a problem happens and they're gonna deal with that and that, that same cycle just happens over and over again until the end of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is, ex- and, like, at the beginning of this book, it wasn't, like, it wasn't that noticeable for me. I think the, the key to a good survival novel is to make that not too noticeable. Like, yeah. you kind of get you, get you into it enough that you're not, like, noticing that cycle happening over and over again. And for me, 
once he was getting like to the rover or like it was like uh when the airlock blew up and then when um the, the rover flipped over the, yeah yeah those two moments i was like do we really need this like come on just like he's driving there like come on like what like i get i get you have to be like realistic and that things are gonna happen but like did this add anything to the story of what you're doing yeah like Like, i think at a certain point you know there's like three things that i noticed really hard that you're Mm -hmm. talking about where i noticed it way harder the first time i read the book Mm -hmm. was um the airlock uh blowing off of the hab so yeah. that like it destroyed his farm like because like he had he was set he had everything yeah. at that point so it's See, like that one i liked because it actually had like plot significance like because that happened they had to the people on earth had to do something had to different do, yeah something else yeah. something had to change yeah but like the one like when he flipped the rover like in the last third of the book um didn't really change anything about the rest of the book it's like oh i flipped the rover this is dramatic for like two pages, but you know I'm going to get off this fucking planet at the end of the book because that's the book. Um, yeah, so, and like the movie specifically cut that out, which I think is... Yeah, yeah. And right. I think that's the the reason why the movie is better in some ways is because it it did cut out stuff like that where it's like, yeah, we don't really need that. Like, once you get past the second act, just throwing random obstacles at your hero is kind of pointless. Yeah. And the thing you should focus on is... How does he get off the planet to the fucking ship in this in, orbiting in space? That's the that's the interesting dynamic. Yeah, the the rover trip. Um, so I think I think that's those are the parts that bother me of the book. Um, the things that I thought worked better in the book is when he's like describing how he is surviving, like how he is like sciencing the shit out of things to make himself not die yeah yeah like Um, how he's going to like oh okay so there's another problem that he has in the rover journey which like neither of us brought up because i think it's done really well and like that it 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 hides it it's the dust storm yes i thought that worked really well yeah it had like foreshadowing it worked like that that i felt good about and i actually felt like the rover flipping over after that made it feel less important yeah like yeah so, i absolutely agree there's moments of the book that are, i felt like that for me uh for the most part i really like that the thing i will say with the movie that i thought made it work really really well is that they did not um that uh, i feel like a lot of sci-fi movies do this where they have like if you had like a lead actor you'd put all your money in that and then you wouldn't spend money on the rest of the cast the rest of the cast would just be randos yeah because in a lot of horror in a lot of sci-fi movies they're also like vaguely horror movies um yeah like like alien or like predator or something so like a lot of your side actors are gonna die so you don't really want to pick like high-end actors you're gonna pay a lot of money to be in a movie for like two scenes so in general a lot of sci-fi movies don't have big name actors in your like secondary parts you have like one-off actors who like maybe have been in a couple movies but aren't that big aren't that good yeah in the martian they went balls to the wall and got like every fucking good actor they could possibly get like every fucking role in this movie if they have more than two lines it's an actor you've seen somewhere before and they're really good yeah they they really nail it and that's why like i feel like a a full cast version of this would probably be better um oh like a full cast version of the audiobook 
that would be yeah, really I, fucking cool. I can understand why you wouldn't do that because like like we said before like a third of it is a third of the book itself is maybe like other people and the rest of it's all Mark Watney um, so I can understand why you wouldn't do that for an audiobook and why it makes more Ooh. sense to do it for a movie I, I have an idea who I would cast in like parts of the audiobook like yeah. I want uh, Nathan Fillion to be Mark Watney in, oh, that would in be the really full good. cast audiobook. Yeah, Nathan Fillion would do really good. Like, yeah. I can understand why they didn't cast him in the movie because he's getting a little. Well, Matt Damon and Nathan Fillion are probably about the same age, aren't they? Yeah, but Matt Damon is like in that Hollywood body, and Nathan Fillion yeah, is in nice. that like TBS body. Yeah, Nathan Fillion's got kind of schlubby, which is fine because I still love him because he's Nathan Fillion. Yeah, but but yeah, I think I think I would agree on that. Nathan Fillion would be a good cast. I think Will Wheaton's not a bad choice. I think Will Wheaton's a pretty good one to do. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, you would still need... If you did well, Will Wheaton and then there was a full cast version, good choice. But if you did Will Wheaton and he's doing the whole book, then... It's like, hey, yeah. Oh, I wanted to... Okay, I wanted to circle back. I have one more point to make on the, like, towards the third act, you can just kind of see the plot, like, hook coming. Yeah. Uh, when he kills the his, like, radio Tibet NASA... Like, I could just, I could, like, hear the mechanical gears of the story, like, really audibly. Because, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, he has, he's a connection to NASA, so, like, yeah, they're going to tell him how to do everything. And then his character doesn't have any agency. Like agency, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you just can't have that for... A plot anymore like you just can't yeah. have that for a plot like for a while and I he was under, I, yeah, yeah i understand why the decision was made in the book uh they cut it out of the movie and i think they were right to do that they cut it out of the movie except they didn't cut a joke out of the movie that is dependent upon that happening what was the joke in the movie so the joke in the movie the whole like he's a space pirate is, oh, is yeah, dependent yeah. upon the fact that yeah. no one, like, before he lost communication, no one explicitly told him, like, gave him orders. He was not under orders to go to the uh, the new launch vehicle and to take mm-hmm. command of it. So, like, he was performing an act of piracy. And that is, act, act, like, actively one of the best jokes in the book. Um, and the movie. I, I think it's yeah. like, worked in the movie. But I, I think I did notice that one because there's there's a they kept a lot of the direct jokes or like Mark Watneyisms from the book um, that worked really well, and then they like it like kind of pulled them and put them in a bunch of different locations. Different, yeah. They're mostly still in the same spots. Um, they kept. Yeah, the, I think yeah. I think the thing I liked the most about the movie was that the cast was so good. Cast if was really cast, fucking good. If the cast had not been that good, I think I would have liked it a lot less. Um, I, I love but... the casting of fucking uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, Donald Glover as Rick Parnell. Yeah, as Rich Parnell. Like yeah, because in in the book it's like he's like an okay character. In the movie it's like I get who this person is immediately. In the book mm-hmm. they kind of they put a lampshade on it a little too much. Where like yeah he's like probably has Aspergers or something. Like, they have, like, three lines of dialogue where he, like, direct, basically almost looks at the camera and says, I have Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm socially awkward. It's like, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, like, but in, the, in the movie, like, it's Donald Glover, and he's charismatic enough and a good enough actor where he can, like, 
he's conveying the same thing without having to have those like just hammer hammer at home lines. like ham fisted like yeah i'm oh i'm an awkward like nerdy dude but it's it's not all clever so he's he's cool <laughs> exactly because it's fucking just childish gambino yeah um uh, yeah no he did really well i think um i think i can never i can remember how to pronounce his name it's like um fuck it's, what, he's from character? like south africa he plays uh not the super the PR guy. He's the um, oh he plays Kapoor. He plays yeah like, Kapoor like Kapoor. Vincent Kapoor. Um, yeah, I pronounce his name. Yeah, what the fuck he is? I've seen him so much. I don't. Uh, he was in Serenity. He is in yes yes. Oh my god, that's where I remember him from. Stuff. He he's is so stuff. fucking rad in Serenity. It's, um, hey, hey, hey look. If you if you if you I cannot can I never pronounce his name. It's I I feel bad. But his name is really hard to pronounce. It is. It's like Chiwetel Ifeojor, Ifeofor. But he's a really fucking good actor. He's a very good actor. He, he does a great job. He should get more in, roles, and I think the reason he doesn't get more roles is because his name is hard to pronounce. Probably. And, and people yeah. in Hollywood are lazy. Yeah. Also, sometimes racist, so that, that is Oh, bad. that's, yeah. Racism yeah. is part of being lazy. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, so it's like... Uh, he did a really great job uh one of the ones that weird like weirded me out so like the okay so the other thing about the movie that i like compared to the book is that the side characters feel um they feel more like actual people in the book they feel like you're just kind of throwing them out there other than a little, like, little two-dimensional andy weir yeah, definitely weird. writes science better than he writes people agreed like he definitely like his mark watney on point yeah. um but then everyone else kind of doesn't really work. I, I think, think his he, Vincent Kapoor was fine, and his um, the leader of Nat, the, the head Ted, of NASA, yeah, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy Sanders did he did pretty good. I think he um, writes uh, the astronauts, the other astronauts, really well. See, those are the ones I did well. Okay, no, I feel like he writes a couple of them pretty well, and like he gives like details on them. Like I think Martinez isn't bad. Um, is it Martinez? Yeah, Martinez, and then. Um, lewis Cap- commander lewis i think those are both pretty good yeah um and like all of them get like their own like definitive things i think the uh the german astronaut whose name i can't remember right now vogel yeah vogel yeah vogel is better in the book than he is in the movie yeah but then for like sure. every all of the other ones i think are better in the movie than they are in the book yeah i can see that especially um beck uh, beck yeah beck, beck is better in the movie be- beck basically sure. doesn't exist in the novel I couldn't tell you one definitive thing about him Mm-mm. other than the fact that he is the one who is, he's the one who has to go out and save Watney. And also he's the doctor, I think. Yeah. Those are the two, but I couldn't tell you anything about his personality. Like he, other than the, he's, he's fucking the other, one of the other Johansson. Yeah. Like, those, like that's, that's, that's the it. one thing you get. Like at least Johansson, you get that like she's nerdy and she's a geek, but she's attractive or whatever. Um, and I think in the book it actually is better, but she's Kate Mara and, in the movie and i'm like yeah kate mara is hot but yeah but also yeah. everyone in really the movie is hot because like everyone is attractive like beck is bucky from yeah, the fucking winter soldier I, I totally forgot about that because i watched the movie first and i read the book or i listened to the audiobook and like i in my head i like i knew michael pena was martinez and i knew jeff daniels was teddy and i knew um jessica chastain was lewis and i knew matt damon was watney 
but I did not remember Sebastian Stan as uh, Chris Beck. Out. Yeah, yeah, because uh, like he was just like a, a he was a really big character. Yeah, because like I mean, like I think he did a really good job. Like re- rewatching the movie because I rewatched the movie after I read the book or listened to the book. Um, he did a really good job. Like he he gave that character like life. Like he felt like yeah. another character. Like their dynamic worked well. Like all of them had like different enough personalities with even the little bit of dialogue they had where i was like okay i get you as a crew like if we had just a sci-fi movie that was just about you guys yeah i i understand i would if you give me one scene of them i would understand what it's all about you know yeah I mean? like I, I would get their dynamic if like uh, they all got stranded on mars together like they they, yes. they feels like that team could have done that yeah, yeah. um yeah. that's a, like um did you ever you, we've talked about this before you watch sunshine yes that's exactly what i was thinking i love sunshine that is like one of my favorite sci-fi movies oh my god okay sunshine is really good but you know what's better than sunshine what's that uh the song surface of the sun from the soundtrack to sunshine right the music in that movie is so good like surface of the sun oh my god fits with anything literally like uh like open up two youtube windows and find Mm -hmm one cool video or not even a cool video any video and then mute it and then press play on both of them on just uh, a video that is just that song at the same time it's gonna sync up and it's gonna make it look awesome like it yeah. it just does that it, it goes with everything if if i had like a sci-fi movie like list of like the most underrated sci-fi movies sunshine would be at the top of that list because it like I've heard some other people talk about that like really like sci-fi movies and they like they, they they always give it props but like nobody ever fucking talks about that movie like, yeah ever like it it's, had a really low key release it has a really good cast though it's got fucking it Captain America's in it like people obviously before he was Captain America wait what oh f- oh wait it does yeah fucking um Chris uh, Chris not him Chris uh, Evans Evans Chris Evans is in it no shit. Yeah, he's like the, uh, um, so you got Chris Evans and you've got the dude from 28 Days Later whose name I cannot remember. Who is, um, who's also the Scarecrow from Who's Batman. also the Scarecrow, yeah. Yeah. Who's an amazing actor. He's yeah, he's actor. so good. Also, his um, face is made of polygons. God damn. Yeah, it's, he's so jagged. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, but no, it's, it's him and Chris Evans and, um, the psychiatrist on the ship is also somebody that's been in a lot of stuff, um. I couldn't tell you anyone else that's in that movie. I, there's every once in a while you like get one of those movies that has like a fucking like stacked cast, but it yeah, was yeah. like five, four, five years before they all like fucking hit, and you're just yeah. like, oh my god, how does this movie has this person and this person, and it has this person and this person, like um, fucking Pene- Penelope, happens. yeah, like that's like it has Peter Dinklage, it has a uh, young Professor X, it has um. Uh, fucking uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Fuck it. Oh my! It, like the cast <laughs> is so good. Yeah, that's it. There's a few movies that are like that where they just have an accidentally like stacked cast because like they're up and coming actors that all just happen to get on the same project together. Yeah, and it just like blows it out of the water. Whereas this one is like, like The Martian is like these are all established actors when they were cast for these parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for like Sebastian Stan basically yeah oh um, everyone else um, is pretty pretty oh but one more th- note about like the casting as yeah. i really 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 like the fact that sean bean 
Oh, yeah. Is yeah. one of the NASA guys. Yep. And, like, they do the secret meeting where they're deciding if they're going <laughs> to, like, send the probe to Watney or send the probe to the Hermes. And, like, the PR lady's like, what the fuck is the Council of... What the fuck is Project Elrond? And Sean Bean is like, so it's a secret meeting? <laughs> and it's like... Or, like, he's just like, it means it's a secret meeting. Like, like he's done it before. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such I, good, like, nod stunt casting is that he's the one who answers the question as to what Project mm-hmm. Elrond is. I low-key think they... They only hired Sean Bean as one of the parts because of that joke from the book. I I I don't have any evidence to back that up. I just think that is a hundred percent a fact. That is absolutely There's no true. Way that's There's no true. way that's not true. Like I bet Sean Bean like heard about it, was like, huh, yeah, it'd be a cool movie to be in. And he like put it like he put it like a application in basically. Or like he did like a he's like, Yeah, I would like to be in this. Like, I don't know who I would be. Because like you could have put Sean Bean in any one of those parts. Yeah, he could have been, been like fine. Teddy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Jeff Daniels as Teddy was a better choice. Yeah, uh, but so that Jeff Daniels did a really good job. Um, but like Sean Bean being the the character he was in the movie didn't matter. But the fact that he got to make that joke, okay. just it, he can be in the rest of the movie and be just fine, and it it's great. Like he could have played, he could have played perfect. like Mitch which he played or he could have played teddy or he could have played bruce yeah like any of those or like they could have even made it like vince kapoor yeah and like like switched around like but oh it's so good that he is they just had to get him into that conference scene he had to be one of those characters one scene and he's he's in a decent amount of this movie too so like but i i still like there's no way there's no way they didn't they didn't do that on purpose because that that lord of the rings reference is just nestled in that that book just so perfectly and how do you how do you accidentally hire sean bean to to be one of the characters in that scene to be one of the characters at the like at the other council of elrond yeah exactly it's so fucking good yeah because i think Um, in the book it's not he's not the one who explains i think it's vincent or it's teddy it's one of the other no i think like it's like bruce i think is even the one who who explains it to her but they yeah, specifically gave that it. line to Sean Bean. Yeah. The, like that was an absolutely like like intentional choice. Chef's kiss. Perfect. Yeah. Oh. Just just perfect. Yeah. That was, was like one of my notes. I'm like, yeah, that's just great. That's like, uh, I, yeah. That's another really good example in the book of how they like slip in like a reference that makes it feel like mm-hmm. current and modern. But if you yeah. think about it for like two seconds, you're like, oh fuck, no, that's timeless. Like, of course, all these fucking NASA dweebs from, like, 2015 would know what Lord of the Rings is. And, of course, all these fucking NASA dweebs from 2055 would know what Lord of the Rings is. It's fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, obviously. But, yeah, and I think um, I had a point. I I just forgot what it was. Uh, It's it's okay, because Sean Bean being the one to explain what... Like, as soon as I fucking saw him in the movie, I was just like... Like, I, my mind immediately went to, oh, Sean Bean, oh, Lord of the Rings, oh, the Council of Everyone, oh, fuck. And I was just <laughs> waiting for that scene so hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's very <laughs> so well done. Um, so I didn't know this until I was, like, actively watching the movie. Uh, this is also a Ridley Scott movie. And I think that makes this the first movie that we've done by the same director. Oh, wait, this is a Ridley Scott movie? It's a Ridley Scott movie. 
I think I vaguely remember that when I like was yeah. locked watching the credits roll and I went like, oh, Ridley Scott had a hand in this. I didn't realize yeah, he was the director. I mean, yes. It's directed what? by Ridley Scott. Also, he's like 82. Did you know that? Yeah. Like I knew he was like old as fuck, which is why <laughs> it's very surprising that he directed this. Yeah. I mean, he did a pretty good job. I will I say, I don't think, I think it's like, it's decently directed. It's not like mind blowingly directed. No, it's, it's like good direction. Yeah. I think I understand the reason why they picked why they would pick uh, um, my brain just crapped out. Uh, why they would pick Ridley Scott to do it? Yeah, I understand that because like he's done a lot of sci-fi movies before. This fits like a general theme of like I mean, kind of theme of like movies that he would be uh, he would do. Yeah, like he's he's it done make, sci-fi. It makes sense. Yeah, like it's not like way outside the realm of his like scope. I mean, I guess it's not any weirder than like, um, uh, fucking who did who did Lord of the Rings? Peter Jackson. Who, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson like only did horror movies before Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, but the reason why they picked him is because he was really good at like practical effects and shots, and like he had done good stuff before. So it's like, how do you make Lord of the Rings work in like early two thousands? you have to you have to be like technically very good like you can't not be yeah in and order to make like that work in all that of movie. like i just rewatched lord of the rings me and my partner just like binged i like, need to i need three. to watch i've been meaning to for a while um and i just haven't because it's just such a time commitment I, was it is it even on anything right now like it's on hulu or netflix or anything yeah where did we like fucking um oh we watched it on hbo max we grabbed a free trial of hbo max for I might like do that just week. to watch it. Yeah. I might just do that to watch Lord of the Rings. They only have the normal editions. Like, they're not the oh, extended. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Maybe I'll just, yeah. I don't, maybe I'll just buy the extended ones. We kind of just uh, had them on in the background for, like, a weekend. I mean, but, honestly, like, this is probably not a super popular opinion. I think Fellowship is still the best of the three. Um, but... Actually, no. After rewatching them just now, yeah. it is. Like, it has... It's just... It's, it's so tight. Like, it's... it. It just does such a better job at like confining in all the weirdness because like when you're when you're doing Tolkien's, I don't actually I've never read I've read The Hobbit and I've tried to read Fellowship like three or four times and I just can't get through it because uh, Tolkien wants so badly to interweave his like mythos into general dialogue. Yeah. And it doesn't work. The only well for me. yeah, the only way I was so, able to get through Lord of the Rings was to listen to it on audiobooks when I could yeah, just I like tried that yet. Yeah, because like you can just uh, tune out for minutes at a time and then come back in and you haven't missed anything because he was just it, describing. It, it bums me out because I do like I he does like the, he did a lot of work. Like there's it's yeah, it's, obviously it's like the foundation of all modern fantasy basically. Um, yeah, for the for the most part, at least Western fantasy, I don't know about anywhere else but uh for the most part it just doesn't work for me like it's not engaging for most time oh no like which is funny because i like the hobbit a lot because the hobbit is like it it it, the hobbit still talks about a lot of that stuff in the background but it's not like trying to make it a part of the main story it's like when it comes up we'll we'll mention it well the hobbit i love the hobbit the hobbit i can read is a good book hobbit's a good book book. like read the hobbit like don't don't fucking read Lord of the Rings. Put like like get an audiobook of Lord of the Rings. Like listen to it as a podcast. Yeah. But like the Hobbit, 
fucking like read that shit. Which it's is good. so weird not, because like not long. Yeah, it's like pretty but, short. Uh, you know what? Just All right, me. hot take: The Hobbit is the best Lord of the Rings book. Yeah, I would agree. Well, it's the only one I've read, so I guess that's not really fair for me to say. But I have, I've legitimately tried to read Fellowship like three times, and I See, get to like, I get to, um, be, I, I can't even get to where they get to River Run. Like they, they're literally on the way. It to It takes Run. so fucking long, and, and it's, it's just like, so fucking like, boring. It's there, and they they just go off on tangents about like blah blah blah's ancestors, and I'm like. Would these people really talk about this? this in none this, this way? Makes any sense. No. no. None of this makes any sense. And that's, I mean, I will suck George R. R. Martin's cock for the rest of eternity because he does dialogue so well. Like, he does uh, uh, lore built into dialogue so well that it makes that all work for me entirely. Like, he is, like, the the opposite of Tolkien for me. Yeah, like, he, like, doesn't fucking tell you about his world and, like, fuck you. Yeah, well, it's, like, but that's the thing is that, like, he does, he gives you, like, bits here and there. And, like, obviously he's reads, like, histories or whatever, but that's that's a different kind of thing. Yeah. That's fine. But you don't need to know any of that to enjoy the books. Yeah. And you can just, anytime, like, a historical thing comes up and it matters to the plot, it comes in, in dialogue, because the, the characters exist in this world and it makes sense for them to say it here. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just, like, in, like, throughout, like, all the first books, you just hear, like, oh, yeah, the War of the Nine Penny Kings, the War of the Nine Penny Kings. And yeah, it, like... reference it. Yeah, and it takes until, like, four books for anyone to actually go, like, yeah, the War of the Nine Penny Kings. You know, when these fi- when these nine people all declare themselves kings of different lands, and then they had, like, a big fight outside the Red Keep. And so, like, but people reference it, like, the whole time. Yeah, and you don't need to know what it is. No, it's, yeah. It... You have context clues. That's all you need for the moment. Like you don't have to. Ex- you don't have to go on a big tangent to explain every little thing. You can. It. You. The more important thing is what the characters currently are dealing with. Yeah. And the dialogue that they would speak to each other. That's more relatable and that works better. And if you can work in the rest of the lore later, do it. But don't don't hijack the rest of your actual plot to just give background information. Yeah, it's, dumb. it's, it's more Don't like that. um, George R. Martin got better at like taking these like big like hard nuggets of like lore and background and just like mm. spreading them out so that it's easier to like yeah. swallow them. Other than yeah, just, like, I'm sure that I'm talking sure was just some... like take these big ass horse pills. Yeah, like you well, need I to mean, know who Baron Lu- and Luthien were. Like take a horse. I, I think also the there's like a uh, thing about what those two writers were doing before they were authors like big time was uh so george r, r. martin was a television writer for a while before, oh really like, while he was writing game of thrones it's like while he was working on the first draft of game of thrones he was writing for television series so like that's why he's really good at dialogue and why he's really good at being able to like tie stuff in uh tolkien was literally there's a name for it but he was literally like he was a linguist he, he was a linguist and he studied mythology and he was actively writing his own mythology for years, like decades before he ever wrote a book, like wrote a book and like put it out as a fantasy novel. Yeah. Like, so like, it makes sense that the, the thing that he would, the Tolkien would like latch onto is the languages and the, the myth, like the whole background mythology and not the dialogue. And the thing that George R. R. Martin would latch onto is 
dialogue and like characters and you yeah. know and then you know if you pull in lore you're gonna do it through that lens rather than the other way where it's like you know with tolkien it's like oh i have all this mythos i need characters to interact with it as his history so it's it's like going at it from the same thing from different angles but i think george R. R. martin's just works better um so there's this book series called The Name of the Wind that's supposed to be a trilogy, and I'm not... Yes. I think the third book has come out. I'm pretty sure it has. And it's by this guy named Patrick Rothis, and I will listen to a podcast mm-hmm. from him. And it's like, it's a really good, like... Uh, if you like fantasy, you would really like it. Yeah. It's like just like a solid-ass fantasy novel series, and it's just three books. And uh, I remember hearing a podcast with him where he's like... Uh, Tolkien was great. He really showed people how to like add life and three dimensions into novels. But mm-hmm. what people a lot of times think that they have to do is they have to talk a lot about the history and the language of their uh, novels because that's what he did. You don't have to do that. You, what you have to do is take the thing that you're really into and then infuse that into your novels. So I am really, like he said, like I am really into like ancient currency and like fiat systems. And so, like, there's just a lot of talk about that in my novels. And it doesn't really, like, it's not really plot critical, like, at any mm-hmm. time. Like, it's not, like, like knowing how to, like, count and manage money and stuff and, like, what money is what isn't. But, like, there's, there's like, a detailed, like, money system in his novels that the mm-hmm. characters interact with. And that just adds, like, some meat on the bone of his world. Even though, like, yeah. in Lord of the Rings, I have no idea what economic system they fucking use. Yeah, what do they even use? Like, at least in Game of Thrones, like, I have an idea. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they have, like, coinage. They vaguely, sure. they know, like, gold is valuable, and they vaguely use coins. But, like, in yeah. fucking Name of the Wind, like, you fucking know the monetary policy of, like, fucking kingdoms and shit. But, like... I'm pretty into that. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty accurate, where, like, you just need to have... You need to have something that your reader can grip onto and really like get into. You no, what you need to do is you need to take what you are fucking into and like mm. put that into the book. So if you are really into like, I really really like studying like ship construction and how people like yeah. like built ships. Like cool, you should put that in your fantasy novel. Okay, yeah, we have gotten way off topic. You're right, <laughs> way off topic. Okay, well, I almost oh, said I didn't say well, that what there. I was gonna say is, um, and this is the first novel that Andy Weir ever wrote. Really? Yeah. Huh. This is this is his very first novel, and fucking like good for him. Hit it out of Fuck. the fucking park. Yeah, no, he did a great job. Like I, I now that you say that, that makes sense. Um, from basically just things that we've said so far about like how his plot is structured and shit like that. Um, but you know what? He's a great job. Like obviously, I, you know, you know what? He doesn't need me, random ass bartender, to tell him he did a great job. He knows he did a great job because he is a best-selling author and had a fucking movie made out about his book like three years after it came out. So okay, you know what? okay, hold on. I just went to his his Wikipedia page. I yeah. guess it's his first novel. Like under novels, they have uh, uh, Thief of Pride web version, the year two thousand. So that's yeah. some like fucking like forum like novel shit he wrote in like the late 90s and then there's the martian uh web version 2011 so like yeah this is what i was saying is that he 
would write chapters and have people like review him like on a like scientists see people like on a forum yeah, and then yeah. it says random house published in 2014 interesting so that's his the martian is his first published novel like in 2014 and now it's, he it's it his only it's his first full published novel not yeah, the first yeah. thing he ever wrote but yeah yeah and then like yeah. it looks like he wrote another book called artemis in 2017 and he is working on something called project hail mary for a potential 2021 lease release hmm. oh he wrote oh. a graphic novel oh okay again independent web graphic novel so it looks yeah. like this guy was just a uh like a, a hobbyist writer for like 10 years yeah and like wrote a bunch of short stories that all look like they got published on nothing uh makes sense yeah i mean that reminds me of um what's uh the guy who did john dies at the end uh, oh yeah um he was uh, like a he was an article writer for for uh yeah he's a magazine he, for a long time yeah correct yeah, for cracked, and he, then like on the side, he was just like releasing chapters of this book. Yeah, well, not even chapters. He wasn't even like he wasn't even thinking about that concept yet. It was just like, hey, I'm just writing the story, and I'm putting it online. And then in John dies at the end. You can there's like a big kachunk moment, um, in like it's like a third of the way through it where you're like, okay, this is the part he all wrote online, and this is the rest of the book he wrote afterwards when he realized that he could make a book out of it like it's a for sure moment like there's like a chunk of it where it's like this is definitely the first part of this book that he wrote before he realized it was going to be a full book and then he backfilled in like the beginning yeah. of it and then like the ending of it yeah it's still i think it still works um i, I like john dies at the end a lot i think his second novel is way better um, uh his second novel he's i remember i would listen to i listened to the podcast that he he was on like before yeah. and then during and then after john dies at the end and then yeah. he said um, his second novel is um, Futuristic Violence in Fancy Suits. Yeah. And he said, I specifically did not want to write John Dies at the End 2. I wanted to write an entirely new novel because mm-hmm. I don't want to just be the guy who writes John Dies at the End. I want to write a yeah. totally different novel, like in my voice, but with nothing similar to my last book. Same kind of characters, same kind of like world um, but a different, like, methodology. And that makes sense. Like, it's definitely a different novel. And it, I think that one feels way better. Oh, is it, it's, uh, this book is full of spiders? Yeah, this book is full of spiders is yeah. the second in the John Dies at the End, like, series. Yeah, I haven't... There's a third one, isn't there? I, I think so. I haven't um, read that one. I've, I read John Dies at the End, and then... Yeah. I actually think I might have stopped before the ending because... Yeah, I did. I did stop before. I didn't finish that novel. It like I bounced off of it at like, at like between act two and three, basically. Like that's fair. Like seventy five percent of the way of the book, I was just like, I'm done with this. There's a, it, it's a weird, it's a weird book because it's kind of all over the place. You can tell that, uh, he didn't want to just like totally rewrite everything he had had already, to like make all of it work cohesively. Yeah. Um. Whereas, like, the way a lot of it works, like, you're writing a book and you have, like, an editor who, like, helps you get things into a full chunk of material that, like, feels cohesive and works together. And I guarantee you he did not have that for that book. He he had that first chunk that he worked on and then he had the latter half of it, like, the last two-thirds that he worked on. And 
they don't feel super cohesive i really liked the opening of like the beginning of that book because it, it's it seemed like um like ghostbusters but like more like through the lens of mortal Kombat, when everything was like gross and gritty and they talked about like yeah. oh this ghost like doesn't have a penis and like he's screaming without his penis but like we're gonna get rid of him by just like talking to him because we can see ghosts now and it was gonna be like a like more of a goofy satire of like the ghostbusters scooby-doo kind of genre uh but then it just like totally like left that in the dust and it was just more about like this one like like it was more like kind of a a satire of the cthulhu mythos yeah it gets more into like a satire of like lovecraftian themes which i think works because i mean you gotta think about like direction you're going with of like you've got weird monsters but then you've got to like explain like what is going on there but you still have to be like you still want to do it in a satirical lens so like where do you go from there yeah that makes any sense other than just having like random adventures of that and that's probably why like he had that first bit where he was like yeah random adventures of people stopping shit that's all like weird monster stuff uh but then if you're gonna make a full book out of it and not just do like individual little snippets you gotta have like a a full idea of like what's causing all this shit and like a plot and like a villain and yeah like, you, you you need like more like connective tissue than just we're guys who stop weird shit yeah yeah for, i think for a book i think for a book i think it was like i mean that's basically what supernatural does but supernatural had that same problem where like eventually they were like yeah but like eventually you have to have a plot <laughs> we gotta have some connective tissue here it's like Mon- I mean... monster of the week only worked for like one small section of time yeah. in between like the really late 80s to like mid 90s and then it, eventually and then it you need like a long term plot yeah and to keep people interested and like keep people keep it keep the characters interesting even like yeah that's you like only you only throw them at like random situations so many times before it's just like okay this is just not fun anymore the star trek the next generation did that for a while and then they were like we need a, an overarching plot and that's when they introduced yeah. to the borg that makes sense that was their overarching plot other than rather I mean, than just having monster of the week episodes that's just the thing although i will say like the only things that kept working for supernatural were the monster of the week episodes and then their interconnected stuff just was not good wasn't good well yeah. see, see there's the problem After, like season four. there's the problem you gotta you gotta do the good writing <laughs> yeah you have to be good at writing like a long-term plot and not just mon- because monster of the week episodes are really easy to write you got a monster it's got like a specific like lore about it and you kill it somehow and you save people yeah and maybe there's like maybe every once in a while you have an episode that ends on a bummer note but for the most part yeah you that your heroes just do the thing and uh eventually you just gotta like actively like write shit all right so we haven't been talking about the martian for a minute so we have not what? been talking about we've been we keep going off like the martian is just like it's a good novel but like it is a very good novel but it is I, such such an encapsulated like singular thing and it just yeah. makes you like it's not gonna like it's not going to stand the test of time. People aren't going to be talking about it 100 years from now like they will be talking about Lord of the Rings. There is going to be a better version of this in the next 10 years. Yeah, like that. that is... Uh, yeah. Actually, I... Like, have you ever heard of the book Saturn Run? No. 
it's very similar in like it's like sort of like nuts and bolts feel to yeah. this like it has a lot of the same like mouth feel uh, but it it's just strictly better that's fair yeah and i would i would love for us to read saturn run at some point it's another like hard sci-fi novel but it's just Maybe like a bit cooler yeah as i think i think this does work i think it uh i, I think like pulling in the nasa stuff because i think this does that hardcore whereas a lot yeah. of other like sci-fi novels don't do that as much where they get really ingrained into real world stuff that makes any sense at least stuff i've read i guess i haven't read as much probably not as much hard sci-fi um but uh, i think well i guess to me personally so I w- i'm gonna admit that personally saturn run i think i enjoy more but like okay it, it is a very different kind of story but yeah That's i fair. think this story is going to be told like again better in a different way at some point like yeah. it it won't might not be the same like context or like same no clothes, there's, the there's same not idea of the story yeah there's not going to be Could like be a better. actually yeah no what you know what fuck fuck what i just said i'm gonna stick to my fucking hard-ass opinion yeah saturn run if, if you like came up to me and you were like now that i've reread the martian uh and like i've i usually do not reread books like yeah because like if i read a book like i remember it i i won't reread it there are very few books in my life that I will read a second time. Yeah. Uh, but I have reread Saturn Run, and this is now my second time reading The Martian. And if you came up to me and you're like, The Martian or Saturn Run, I would be like, no, Saturn Run all the way. I'm I'm already planning on rereading Saturn Run at some point within the next year. And Fair. this is probably going to be the last time that I read The Martian. Like That's it probably won't be the last time I watch the Martian movie. Yeah, but you, there's you commit so much less time to that. Yeah, is the main thing. But I will absolutely like ten hours or something. Yeah, like the next time I listen, I read Saturn Run, it'll be like the third or fourth time. I can't remember because like that's yeah. pretty fair. I don't think I actually I don't. So when it comes to books, I don't really. Um, the only books I can read all the way through are the books that I would read like another two or three times. So, like, I've read read and or listened through all of the Game of Thrones books, like, you know, on, like, a fourth or fifth time now. Yeah, see, like, Game of Thrones, really good. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to reread them. Really? I, or, I, like, or, like, it would have to be, like, ten years from now after, like, all fair. of the books are out. See, I'm I'm pretty into all of the uh, the subculture in regards to that so like there's a couple of podcasts i listen to that just literally just do deep dives on like individual chapters of i Game might like that might be the way in which i reread it yeah but that's yeah. so i i've i've read i read it through all of them the first time like reading and i've uh listened through all of them two or three times since then and then i have been doing another like re-listen through for one of the podcasts that i listen to as they list, as they do their episodes i've been doing chapters you've been listening along Um, with them yeah that's basically what i would want to do is like and it i feel like i get a lot more out of it like it's just it it's definitely not as a like when when the next book comes out i'm going to just read it i'm not gonna like wait for them to get to it that's stupid Um, yeah but it's a cool way like after you've already read it and you've already gotten your initial like pass on it to like get more in-depth stuff on it that makes any sense because you get a lot more a lot more like stuff out of it that way 
Yeah, I will say that information. I didn't reread the Lord of the Rings novels, but I did listen to a, a college course that a professor taught on the Lord of the Rings. And it wasn't The yeah. Hobbit. It wasn't some really. It was just the Three Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I just and he just had a semester's long worth of like lectures and discussions. And I just like downloaded that as a podcast because uh, I found it somewhere on the internet. And I just like re-listened to that. And like that's sort of how I listened to Lord of the Rings a second time. Because I, I yeah. But like yeah, I honestly I might try Lord of the Rings as an audiobook at some point. I think that might be the yeah. way from that I can maybe get through it. I do, I do like legitimately like the Hobbit a lot. It's like, it was like, it's one of, I might reread the Hobbit just cause like, I don't think I paid attention to it very well. Like the first time I haven't read it since high school. I don't think it is a children's novel or it's a children's novel from like the early forties. So it's still difficult. (laughs) Well, so here's my thing is that I feel like as of now, Watching the Lord of the Rings movie is the more definitive way to like ingest Lord of the Rings. Watching the extended editions. Yes. Yeah. But watching the Hobbit movies is not as good as no. Not as good as reading you shouldn't. The book of yeah, the you you just read the book of the Hobbit. Read the, read the book. The Hobbit movies are not the same as the book. They're not even close. And I mean, I'm sure people who've read through Lord of the Rings novels will say the same thing about the movies. But I think. At least the Lord of the Rings movies, you get the same beats. Like, it's all pretty much the same story. Whereas the Hobbit movies from the Hobbit, compared to the Hobbit novel, is just not. Just totally different. It's not even close to the same. Oh, there was one thing I I did want to say about uh, Lord of the Rings. Fellowship Mm -hmm. of the Ring absolutely is the best movie. It's the same reason why the best Star Wars movie is the first Star Wars movie. It's because everyone is in the same room. I disagree because i still think empire strikes back is better empire strikes back is is like really good but like everyone isn't in the same room and that just is exhausting i will agree on that but they are they are like in the same starting position yeah that makes but sense. like and i think that works for me uh my main thing is i think that so like okay so comparing the two uh fellowship like they're all interacting they, like you get that like bond like moment and like Boromir dies, spoilers. Um, <laughs> oh, Sean Bean dies in a role? No. Holy shit. No. Uh, but yeah, so like you get all them interacting. I'm surprised that uh, there wasn't a scene in The Martian where like Sean Bean just like in the background just like has a heart attack and then like dies. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. They should have just done it. But no, like, so like I think Lord of the Rings works, it has more depth than the first Star Wars movie does fellowship does than the first like new hope does yeah we're comparing those two movies directly like yeah they're very similar because they're both starting it and they both have like a like a um that's the word i'm looking for um a cast of different kinds of people that yeah are main characters what's the name there's a name for that a gang a cabal no no there's a specific name for oh 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 a court no that's not <laughs> it that's not it um Damn, I can't think of what it's called. It's it's been used a lot lately, especially with like um, the Avengers movies are the same kind of deal where it's like a bunch of really all every character is a main character. No what is, is a like, what is a group of Avengers and a symbol? Uh, yeah, uh, ensemble. Ensemble. It's called, a, it's called an ensemble uh, cast. An ensemble yeah, cast. Where, yeah. Where like everyone's important. Like it's not like you have your main character and you get your side characters. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't follow the uh, anime conventions where it's like 
Exactly. Like, yeah. It, Although I would argue that a lot of animes are actually ensemble casts. But anyway, that's a whole other argument and other podcasts probably. But anyway, I would say that uh, Fellowship does a better job of being a full ensemble cast than New Hope does. Because New Hope is like, yeah, like you've got your other characters that are pretty important, but you don't get a lot of depth out of them. Like, no. Because they weren't planning, like, the, it, and I mean, it's not really New Hope's fault. It's just that, like, it's the, the difference between, like, Lord of the, like, Fellowship was based off another material, so they have all this stuff to work off of, and they can make a really, really tight, good thing out of it, whereas New Hope is, like, George, uh, uh, fucking George Lucas's, like, fever dreams into a movie that was probably edited by, like, three different people into a good movie with good actors who were cast by a good casting director and you know like it so much more went into lord of the rings and they had so much more material to work on that it it is just a better first movie than yeah hope ever had a chance of being yeah i I Um, can see that which is why i think empire strikes back is the better one because it had like the new hope to work off of where it's like okay we have all these characters established already now we can make a movie that's like really good and like really tight focused and like you have all your characters you got your villains set up you can give them all different challenges you can you know you can do stuff like that i can see that yeah that's yeah that's the argument i would make although uh yeah return the jedi is the worst of the original trilogy right we'll agree on that yeah like it's yeah that um i think it was it's uh, still it's still good it's but it's still no like, it's uh, still it's still good it's still good uh, red letter media made an argument about it at some point because they did return of the jedi um but they were talking about it and they were like you know if you really think about it and you compare return of the jedi to uh, phantom menace you can really see all of the issues people had with phantom menace and why that movie is bad and they're all just sprinkled throughout return of the jedi it's like if you just like turn one dial on return of the jedi like all the way to 11 that is the phantom menace i could yeah i absolutely see that yeah because you got like your weird like aliens that are like cute and like whatever and it's like ewoks are basically like the fucking gungans like more or less they really are yeah and then like you've got your weird stuff about like um well you see it more in like clone wars but like there's really weird dialogue between leia and luke yeah. throughout all of return of the jedi like once they decided they were siblings like it's, it just got really well weird. like fucking uh, like at that point star wars was the biggest fucking thing in the world so that's where, right when people started to not say no to george lucas yeah. and that's when it starts getting bad well that's also the one he directed oh that's the one oh that's the only that's the one he directed uh other than the original trilogy i'm pretty sure he might have i don't think he directed the first one i know he didn't direct empire strikes back i know he yeah i know he didn't direct the first one no he didn't direct the first one. no yeah so he didn't direct uh the first one or empire strikes back he directed return of the jedi oh that's why it's bad yeah he's not a good director no he's terrible director people shouldn't let him direct well yeah well so like there's there there are the people who are good writers and directors that can make good stuff and yeah like like, I mean, like a ben like ben stiller <laughs> yeah like ben stiller or uh tarantino tarantino yeah. great writer director great writer director okay just we're, we have two things we have to get get done before we can end this podcast one oh, you're right. uh, i have to interrupt us and say the mystery thing i was drinking because i bet anyone listening to this is like tearing their hair out at this point <laughs> anyway the mystery thing i'm drinking is my uh second version you can't my, 
might not be able to see the label. Oh, it's, shit. it's the second version of my limoncello. Oh, Adam's Tasty is what it says. Yeah, Adam's Tasty Limoncello. It is It is about 27.5% alcohol by volume. And yes. it's built off of uh, OYO Vodka, which is a vodka made locally here in Columbus. And it's really good. It's probably my favorite. Oh. It's, it, it is my favorite vodka. Uh, nice. And... Uh, because it has a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black. It has it has like a taste. It has a mouthfeel. And then I just took uh, six lemons. I zested all them lemons, and I took all that good, good lemon lemon skin, and yeah. I uh, dumped it into two Ziploc bags. And then I filled those Ziploc bags up with vodka, like an entire bottle, and I sous vide that together for uh, four hours. And then I took all those zested up lemons and I juiced them. And I weighed that juice, and I strained it, and I weighed that juice, and I combined it with equal parts, like an equal weight of sugar, and made a lemon cordial. Uh, if I had to, if I'm going to change anything on version three, it's going to be I'm going to add some of the lemon zest into the lemon cordial, to give it an even more like, like lemony taste. Like even more lemony, yeah. Yeah, and then I took that uh, lemon sugar mixture and I sous vide that at uh 375 in the same pot for four hours and then i combined them uh 70 of the mixture is wait i think i think it's 70 percent yeah i have hold on wait i have my notes here it's at a very specific ratio and uh my coffee liqueur that's my christmas tomorrow limoncello version 2.0 uh six lemons four hours juice wait maybe yes combined ingredients okay yeah 70 percent of the mixture is the lemon infused vodka and 30 percent of the mixture is the uh, lemon cordial and you get a really good uh sipping uh sipping drink i would recommend like putting it in a glass with like a single cube of ice mm-hmm. like because it, it can take just a, a bit li- of a chill yeah just a little a bit, bit of chill a little bit of water down but it's it's above 20 percent abv so it is like shelf stable and i just Sweet. yeah and it's really fucking good how much was your sous vide because i like low-key want to try to get into that if i can make like straight up booze out of it uh it was about 100 bucks and we found like that's a used we found like a used one on Amazon, and me and my partner went in on it. Nice. It was like their first like, oh man, we're we're about to be a couple. We're buying like an appliance together. Like this is <laughs> this is kind of a big step for us. And you're both bartenders, so of course you bought a fucking sous vide. Yeah, yeah. The first um, like couple-y thing we did yeah. was buy a sous vide together. Like we didn't like get a dog together. We bought a sous vide together. That's gross. Don't get a dog together. It's a bad As, thing. Okay, the week we bought the sous vide, um, there's a comedy uh, Instagram account called The Daily Expo. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like The Onion, but for hospitality workers. And the week we bought a sous vide, they posted an article with the title, uh, Bartender, I use a sous vide, yells into empty room. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you mentioned that on another podcast. Before. Sure. It's uh, fucking funny. Though. It's really fucking That's, funny. It's, it's such a bartender thing to do. It, uh, it's so true. I'm gonna time out for two seconds. I'm gonna use the bathroom. I'm gonna get a beer, and then we'll go into cocktail. Yes, I'm gonna Second. be sitting here thinking about how to make a cocktail. Cool. I have some ideas already. So I good. I have nothing.
I, I thought about it a little bit. Not too much, though. Just a little bit. I have returned. Excellent. I also made a really loud noise when I came back, so I'll be able to find it. Excellent. Um, yeah. Just slam my beer down on the fucking desk. So, okay. So, for the cocktail. Yes, the cocktail. Oh, and so, wait. I have. I also have a new drink, beverage. Uh, it's one I've had on here before. It is the Imperial Voodoo Ranger, because money, mostly. It's mm. it's decent. It's not a bad IPA, but it is cheap. No, that's yeah, that's not bad. Voodoo Ranger and Voodoo Ranger is a good name for an IPA. Yeah, New Belgium actually um, is 100% play owned. What? That's awesome. That's yeah. that makes me like New Belgium uh, a whole whole cool. lot. Their their beer is decent. Uh, they make a lot of it, and they're available pretty much everywhere. <laughs> they make a lot of it. Good. Yeah, well, they're like... Um, New Belgium. I mean... Do they, they make Fat Tire, don't they? They do make Fat Tire, yes. Yeah. Fat Tire is their... It's a... Uh, Voodoo Ranger is their flagship IPA. Fat Tire is their flagship uh, Belgian. Yeah. It's a Belgian. It's their, yeah. it's their, like, mass market. It's their... Yeah. It's their flagship beer. Well, so if you're going to make... If you're going to make any two kinds of beers that aren't lagers... And try to market them to everyone. I would say you should do a Belgian and you should do a, an IPA. Yeah, because you're just gonna hit. You're gonna hit just all almost like almost all the market with just those like of people that aren't trying to drink just domestics. So yeah, you're you're never gonna win the guy who has been no. drinking Bud Light for twenty years and is gonna drink Bud Light for another twenty years. Yeah, that's he, he's not, not gonna drink something. I, I will say there that is actually starting to turn a little bit where a lot of crap breweries are starting to put out a lot more lagers now um, because they've gotten to that point now where a lot a lot more people are drinking craft beers that aren't just drinking domestics. Yeah. That want that just want to have something light and easy to drink, but they don't want to drink a fucking Bud Light because they want something that has flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So those yeah. those like uh, like like domestic brand lifers like you'll be lucky if you can get them to drink like. Like, if you can get a Budweiser guy to drink a Miller Lite and be satisfied. Yeah. Like, <laughs> satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, no, I watched, yeah, I watched Hamilton today. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I'm, we, I'm, we, need to, we need to talk about the live version, dude. It's so fucking I'll, good. I'll watch it at some point, but I don't think I can mentally handle That's okay. that, no, I, like, at this point in my life. Dude, I watched it while I was waiting for my laundry to get done, because I was like, that was like all my plans for today. And, I, uh, I remember you telling me. Just, bawling my eyes out yeah remember, yeah you told me you watched like you just cried for the last 30 minutes of hamilton oh man like dude i watched the pixar movie coco for the first time a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and i just cried for the entirety of like the third act so like i can't dude, handle something on the level of hamilton right now shit doesn't i don't usually i don't cry at movies like i don't like i don't cry for movies i cry i cry at with books every once in a while because i feel like i'm a lot more attached to the characters and yeah. music music sometimes gets me music makes me cry movies yeah, don't I, make I me cry. cry i cry way more often in music than i do books or movies like books and like movies don't make me cry music is the only thing that makes me cry but fuck like i am just that i am just guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm I, just i, 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 I feel like so threadbare i feel like I feel thinned out like butter scraped over too much toast and like ah, we're not actually talking about Lord of the Rings but this might as well be a Lord of the Rings podcast. This might as well be a Lord of the Rings episode. All right. Anyway, let's talk about the cocktail. Let's like let's we're... make a cocktail based on the Martian. Yes, let's do that. It's okay. So here are my ideas. So he talks about being a pirate. So rum could be an option because 
that's, pirates and rum. That's a good that idea. Just makes sense. Yeah. Um, he's on Mars, so a drink that comes out red in some kind of way would be interesting. That's the only idea I had. And then also, he uses potatoes to stay alive, so we could use a potato vodka. Mm. That was my other big one. Um, I don't. I think we think should I use. Any... I think we should use potatoes somehow. And potatoes are a really big part of this movie or this uh, everything. This, yeah, this book. He talks about he talks about trying to make potato skin tea at one point. I thought about that, where I was like, he said he tried to do it and it was bad. That like, yeah, I tried making potato skin tea and then I never did that ever again because it was terrible. Huh. But could you make a potato tea? Maybe not skins. I don't. I think we can. We can stretch this, and we can make a uh, a sweet potato syrup. Mmm. Mm. All right. We would need. Yeah, an, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, we need an emulsifying juicer uh-huh. to feed the sweet potatoes into. But we would get some sweet potato juice out of it, and then we can yeah. just combine that fifty-fifty with sugar. I bet that would be pretty good. It would be like um. It'd be really. Have, have sweet. you ever had? Have you ever had a beet, uh, a beet based drink? In yeah, actually, um, so there's a there's a new local like vegan restaurant in Evansville, um, that a bunch of people have been going crazy over, but they sell just beet juice, if you want just yeah. straight beet juice. And my manager well, was drinking it, and it tastes like uh, if carrots. You know, like when carrots are like covered in dirt. Yeah. Like if they have a little bit of dirt left on them, like you don't clean them properly before you eat them. Tastes like that. Tastes like dirt and carrots. Okay, yeah, beets. I don't like to drink beets. I don't want to drink beets. I've been in a lot beets of cocktail bars and a lot of co- uh, craft cocktail programs. Beets are a really good way to get like raw, really cool red color into your drink. Uh, it's especially that, popular yeah. around Halloween because you can make like. A, a really really red like blood looking drink and put it in a wine glass huh. and people go that. go fucking crazy for that at yeah. halloween but boy howdy do i not like to drink beets because it your beets are gross yeah you're just drinking dirt it tastes like dirt tastes it like tastes dirt it's like straight up dirt so we're not going to get the red out of beets i think we have agreed upon i mean we could we would just have to have enough other ingredients that it would cover up that dirt taste no, that's also also fuck fucking with beets like pre- like prepping yeah. beets fuck that i believe that they're basically like turnips right pretty much yeah that sounds annoying and okay like, but but i still think like having like that like brownish red color wouldn't be bad if we could figure out another way to do it well okay um, okay so if we're gonna settle on this sweet potato syrup which i think sounds really good it's that gets you a brown that gets you a, a, like an orangey brown so what if you used, um, what if you got like a, like a sweet vermouth or like a port wine in there somehow? Make it red? Well, the only, yeah, the only thing, other red. thing I was thinking of is like Campari. Mm, yeah, Campari could do it. Um, that might not balance too badly either. Although it'd be really sweet. So I was thinking, um, well... You could do like a navy strength gin, because pirates. This is true. Not rum. rum. Okay, it's definitely more of a pirate thing. All right, I think Jungle Bird might be kind of like the skeleton we want to base this on because okay. it's. I don't know. Jungle Bird is so go for it. Ounce and a half of dark rum, mm-hmm. 
three-fourths ounce of Campari, half an okay. ounce of just uh, simple syrup, okay, uh, ounce and a half of pineapple juice, half ounce lime okay. juice. Okay. So we could like. So it's kind of like a like a pineapple daiquiri. Yeah, we were kind of like we were getting there with our idea of like you know yeah, syrup, yeah. rum, something red, Campari. Yes, but we're doing a sweet potato syrup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So instead yeah, of dark that. rum, I would say we use like uh, like a white rum, like Plantation Three Star. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think just a rum is fine because I mean the, the only thing we're really going for is there's that one off gimmick about pirating. Yeah. And so, so we don't really want which is that. a really which is a really funny joke. Yeah. Like we want it to be like there and like so we don't want it to like get in the way. So we don't want like a tequila or like a a gin or like a vodka that is going to get in the way by sucking. Uh, so like, just like a good high quality white rum, which to me is plantation three star. You know what we should do? Um, we should to get like the, uh, the sandy quality of this desert or this planet Mars. You should use like a, um, uh, I forget what it's called. You can get like a red, red salt, red sea salt. Oh, um, uh yeah so hawaiian there's a name for it like um, oh like like, oh, like a salt rim but like that red salt yes use like oh that okay i thought you were gonna say like that red like powder that people sometimes put on margaritas oh you mean like um like tahin yeah yeah but no yeah, I, I don't i, I don't i do not i'm not i don't i don't think flavor wise that'll work out i'm not a, um, but not i think a huge if you did it. like um i th- i think we have some at the bar we use it for one of our cocktails here recently i believe it's i believe it's hawaiian red salt maybe i'm wrong about that though well, like red salt as a garnish yeah oh himalayan 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 red salt oh i've uh, heard of himalayan pink salt but i haven't heard of i guess if it, there's pink you, you can probably yeah. find some red salt oh no it is called hawaiian it's a alea a-l-a-e-a salt sometimes referred to as hawaiian red salt um, it's kind of sea salt that has iron oxide in it, which works as the reason why Mars is red is because of iron. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah. So, yeah. So you use a, uh, I would say you do a Hawaiian red salt rim or even like a partial rim. Yeah. And then you do pretty much what we just talked about. That doesn't sound bad. Um, yeah, just daiquiri. like. Daiquiri. So I think, yeah, with a daiquiri, you get that citrusy. So you get a little bit of that saltiness. So. Potato flavor. So would we go like ounce and a half rum half ounce campari mm-hmm. half ounce sweet potato and then like half ounce uh lemon juice because mm. we need some sort of citrus yeah i think lemon juice i don't mind the um i don't mind the idea of pineapple and lime um i don't know how well that'll work with the salt though the pineapple juice might be also might be too sweet yeah that sweet potato syrup yeah the sweet potato syrup Uh, is gonna throw a wrench in there it's gonna be really sweet and campari Uh, itself is already pretty sweet like it you don't sweet and bitter yeah it's sweet and bitter you don't think of it as being sweet but there's like a lot there's a pretty high sugar content it's very sugary yeah Yeah. i mean even i've been using aperol a bunch and it's like just getting a little bit of aperol like on the uh the cap it it just crushed you're like yeah, it okay. just crusts up so bad. And like I can like, okay, that has a shit ton of sugar in it. It has to. Yeah. There's no way it doesn't. So I think, yeah, I think um, 
you maybe you're probably gonna have to go more than a half ounce of lemon if you wanted to do i think lemon's not a bad choice though because there's nothing that's really like tying us to pineapple or lime okay hold on i think i have an idea of cutting away our sweet and also sure. keeping the red color uh like like jungle actual jungle bird build but take the ounce and a half of pineapple throw it out use an ounce and a half of grapefruit juice interesting okay and yeah. keep it red too yeah keep it red and it mm-hmm. like bitters it up a little bit yeah i'm into that and you got a salty bitter sweet like rum drink which you're a fucking pirate on mars yeah with like a pumpkiny like 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 gordy kind of squashy kind of note in there with the sweet potato yeah. syrup yeah yeah i'm into that actually that, that sounds all right good. so sh- yeah i guess so should this just be like a fucking reskin of a jungle bird okay but what do we what do we call it do we just call it the martian i don't know that feels a little too on the nose i think uh i think it needs a better name than that like uh, if it's a reskin of the jungle bird we can call it like the martian bird that's not bad i was thinking something with watney in it or um what's the uh what's what's the uh the ship or the uh the trip that they're on the oh hermes the hermes it's it's the, the sh- hermes is the ship and then Ares is the name of the mission yeah the Ares. i don't know if i like that or not yeah mm. yeah I mean, Martian bird's not bad. I feel like we can do better, though. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like, I, if, like I'm going to, like, base this very clearly off of another, like, a classic cocktail, then I have to, like, hang a lampshade on it. That's fair. That's fair. What if we did, like, a, like a Corpse Survivor-esque thing? Where we, well, we did that with the alien already. Yeah, Although, we Although, actually, that's kind of... But it's actually kind of funny if we did, like, number, number three, because it's the third Ares mission, because we did alien number one or alien which is also a really scott movie so now we would be doing yeah whatever number three for another really wait it, oh man that i kind of like that i kind of like that That's it's a really scott movie like like whatever we name it but number three because it's the aries three so because it's a real and it's also a really scott movie yeah yeah we might have picked out a running gimmick on all of our really scott movies and or whatever else. what else has he even done he did the gladiator. I don't really like the gladiator. No, not really in the gladiator. Did he do? No, he didn't do aliens. He specifically did not do aliens because it's a no, very different movie. Aliens. It's a very different kind of movie. And I like it uh, way more than Alien. Have you watched uh, Blade Runner? Yeah, yeah, I have watched Blade Runner. I do. I like the original Blade Runner. Um, there are so many versions of that movie. It blows my mind. I think I've seen the good version. The quote unquote the good version. Good version, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's the original theater version has like weird like um like monologue narrations by uh oh yeah that makes it bad uh, yeah no it's yeah i haven't watched that version i've heard terrible terrible things about it though um let's see here yeah i really don't like gladiator though gladiators i don't think it's a good movie um there's things to like about it but it's like the worst it has like all the worst things about a lot of action movies where like none of the fight scenes are good and it's not historically accurate so it's like yeah. you have a history a historical action movie and neither the history nor the action is good yeah okay hold on here's a question in this jungle bird reskin do we want to keep lime juice or go with lemon juice i prefer lime juice in general 
Um, yeah, I think it actually plays better with grapefruit anyway. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. Because my only other thing is like thinking about how how the citrus would play with um, with the sweet potato flavor, but I don't really I don't have any like real metric to gauge which one would be better with sweet potatoes. You could uh, you could do acid corrected grapefruit juice instead. Eh, actually, it might might be too much. Yeah, might, that would be too much. I think I just want the the juice for the, for juice's sake because that's fair. Yeah, I think I think lime juice is fine. Yeah. All right, it's... so we're still thinking of a name, but I think I've got the uh, like the basic like the build down. How do you spell Hawaii? Hawaii? Hawaiian? H-A-W-A-I-I-A-N. Hawaiian. It's a a Hawaii with an N on the end of it. Okay, so here would be the drink for the marsh in the novel. An ounce and a half of white rum, plantation three star. Half an ounce of Campari. Half an ounce of sweet potato syrup. Mm -hmm. Ounce and a half of grapefruit juice. Half ounce lime juice. Shake, serve in a rocks glass, garnish, red Hawaiian salt rim. Mm-hmm. I bet you could take that grapefruit juice down to an ounce. To an ounce? I don't think you need an ounce and a half. I can see that. I also like from the original version that I found on uh, like liquor.com, mm-hmm. uh, I cut, like it was a three-fourths ounce of Campari, and I just cut that to half an ounce of Campari because you don't need that no, much Campari. You don't need- you don't need to be that aggressive. No, you can. You should use a half ounce of Campari or less at all times, unless you're making Negroni. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. You need, what, some, you need something hardcore to balance it out if you're using right. that much. What, what can we name this drink? Hmm. What? I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. I'm trying to think of what else to name it. I can't really think of anything now. The Martian, do like the number three. The Martian Andy Weir novel, number three. Um, I Mark, was thinking about Mark, Wat- Mark Watney. Yeah, I was thinking about Watney. Oh, hey, there's cat. The Watney. cat. Oh, yeah, there's, there's our partner. Uh, the the Watney bird, Pathfinder. The Watney bird's not bad. Uh, Pathfinder's not terrible. I yeah, I don't like Aries. I don't like Aries. Aries or Hermes? No. No, those don't feel good. The sci- uh, the hard sci-fi Mars Martian. Red planet dust. The Martian. The Martian's the most obvious, but it doesn't. It feels too much. Um, we could like. I do kind of like the Martian bird. The Martian bird. All right. Yeah. Let's do Martian bird number three. The Martian bird number three. Yeah. If we're yeah. gonna also have a number three, then the name itself yeah. needs to be a little bland. So that. Oh, uh, that's well. Also, uh, we called the other one the alien or alien number one. So you know what? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. So my only other thing is like I feel like I feel like there's like a really weird reference we could make that would be really good, but I can't think of what it is. Oh, like something with Elrond. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually that'd be really funny. Um, what, what? So what, the 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 meeting the meeting is yeah Project like, Elrond. Yeah, they call it Project Elrond, but no, in the uh, the book they talk about the exact meeting. What the meeting is called? It's the meeting of. Um, something i don't know if about lord of the rings to know what it's called yeah they just say it's a secret meeting where we're going to make a momentous decision yeah yeah because it's project elrond but it's they make another reference it's the meeting of something 
because the the when they when the fellow before the fellowship is formed when they all meet up together, that meeting is called something and it has like a a noun name because it's Tolkien and he has a noun name for everything. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh god, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called. But I do like I do like I really like this like subtle naming convention we have for ridley scott things where the name of the cocktail is just the name of the thing ish plus like a number we'll probably never do another ridley scott thing unless we can find someone who wants to talk about i blade runner is a cool movie blade runner is a cool movie i don't really like it's not it's not part of my yeah we'd have to find somebody who's like a really big fan of the blade runner or someone who knows like jack shit about it uh he also did legend which i've never seen but i've heard weird things about Oh, with Will Smith? No, no, not not I Am Legend. Oh. Uh, Legend, which has um, Tim Curry as Satan. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Tim Curry. If you put Tim Curry in a movie, I'll fucking watch it. I do like Tim Curry. Do, yeah. Have you seen Clue? Yeah. I love it's Clue It's so one of my much. favorite. Oh, it's like I top five it. movie. Oh, Clue is such a good movie. Okay, before we get on to talking about what we're probably going to talk about next week. Let's just go ahead and wrap this up. So the cocktail for uh, this, for the Martian, the novel is the Martian bird number three, an ounce and a half of white rum, half ounce of Campari, ounce and a half of sweet potato syrup. If you want to know how to make it, rewind. One ounce of grapefruit juice, half an ounce of lime juice. Shake, serve in a rocks glass, over rocks, clearly. Garnish with a red Hawaiian salt rim. Sounds fucking great to me. I'm really happy that we decided to start... I would 100% drink that. Yeah, I'm really glad that we decided to start making the cocktails good. I mean, they still need to be on brand. They need to be, like... You gotta get them, like, in the theme. Uh, And I don't don't disagree with some of the ones we did that were bad on purpose, because it's still on brand. You know, Um, yeah, like the double double dragon. dragon. Yeah, the double (laughs) dragon should probably just be a bad drink. Yeah. Uh, I I think at... I think putting Everclear in it, I think that was the mistake. That was, that the, was mistake. the mistake. Uh, we went too far we with went, Everclear. Yeah, I will say that um, the Alien number one is not terrible, but it is mm-hmm. unpleasant to drink. And, and it I, didn't come out black. It didn't come out black. It came out a very muddy brown. Which is bad. We want yeah. it to be black, which is a problem. We Maybe should, we just don't put the egg in it. We should probably, I think the egg... We should probably take okay. the yolk out. We should probably just put egg white in it. I think that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I think having just the egg white. I'll try it. Hold on, let me look at what the ingredients are. I might still have the ingredients to make it. We had it. We had it as a flip. Is the idea? Yeah. Um, Blackstrap rum, flips. aged rum. I could technically pull that off. Sweet vermouth. Don't have any vermouth left right now. One dash angostura, two dashes orange bitters, whole goddamn egg. I think we. Yeah, if we could just take that down to an egg white, I bet it would. It would look a lot better. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like I, I like the idea that it has a whole egg in it, but if it doesn't look black, then what's the fucking point? Like it, it still needs to be presented well, you know? Yeah. Maybe you can like serve it with remember the uh oh those fucking those deviled eggs we had at the fox? Yeah, fuck those oh were good. Oh my god, the wasabi deviled eggs are so good. Or you like, could I even like have... we could even like replace the whole goddamn egg with like like fee brothers fee foam which doesn't impart a lot of color yeah or you could like or you could top it out of like uh like an icy siphon like a whipping siphon with Mm. like some sort of like egg foam 
Well, I think the reason we didn't care about having foam, we just cared that it had an egg in it. Yeah, we just cared about the egg. That was that was the whole point. Um, I think I'm fine with it just being an egg white. I mean, it's still egg. It's egg adjacent. Yeah, Doesn't it does. Mean, it does make yolk. the drink uh, unpleasant to drink, though. <laughs> oh, what, having the whole damn egg in it. Yes. Yeah. Like it. And it just if it makes it look bad, then that's. It makes it look bad, and it makes it uh, a bad drink. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think maybe the combination of having sweet vermouth and egg white is weird. I don't know if I've ever had a drink that does that. Well, like a traditional flip is like two ounces of sherry and like yeah. uh, a little bit of simple syrup and then a whole goddamn egg. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe sherry is the better way to do it instead of sweet vermouth. I don't know. I haven't actually, really sherry actually yeah. We probably should just make that into like like a... a, a like a like a red sherry, like a like a cream sherry or something. Yeah, that might work better. I think it actually would work a lot better. Cause yeah, every time I read this and I get to the sweet vermouth, I'm like, yeah. why did we put sweet vermouth in it? Yeah, I don't know. I think we started with I think we started with a um, Manhattan built, and yeah. then we went and added the egg, and then we didn't change anything else after that. Yeah, and then we put it in a tumbler. It's got the it's got the bitters. Yeah. It's got Angostura and orange bitters. So I think we started with Manhattan built and then we added the egg. Yeah. Because we were like, well, it's got to have an egg in it. It's got to have. Because, you know, egg. the alien. Yeah, I yeah. think I think just egg white is probably fine. I think the yolk is going to make it too cloudy no matter what you do. It's ma- it makes it thick and unpleasant. Like, it yeah, like, I, I think, think it, I think it does interact really poorly with the sweet vermouth and like curdles that. That's weird. Yeah. Because I would imagine it would still do the same thing with sherry. But I don't know that for sure because I haven't really. Messed yeah, with but sherry. like a flip, is just like fucking cherry. Yeah, I don't know. I do like the uh, the one ice sphere. Oh, Adam, you didn't say what we're gonna do next week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm like super excited about uh, the thing we're gonna do uh, next week, which uh, like uh, you know me really well, Logan, and we're gonna talk about the. Uh, Nazi Vazekski district. Uh, it is a very specific district in uh, <laughs> one of 32 in Omsky Oblast, Russia, which is like, you know, like a, a state or province or like, you know, like a state as we would call it, but like, like a province. Yeah, you're in really Russia. into Russian provinces. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, but like, I'm really specifically into this district of this mm. sp- like this specific district of this specific province in Russia, uh, their flag is like very classy but really cool, and they're old enough that they also have a coat of arms that looks a lot like their flag, and like the flag is sort of just like uh, a green triangle with like uh, a line of blue and like some white wavy lines under it, and then like the rest of the flag is filled out with yellow. It's it's pretty neat. It's sort of like a weird looking like almost sailing ship yeah it's interesting which is interesting which is interesting because this like district is uh landlocked but it does have a prominent river flowing through it (laughs) because you would sail on that river obviously yeah 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 so yeah please join us next week as we talk about uh nazi vey district uh in the russian province of Omska Oblast. I'm sure you pronounced all that perfectly. Oh yeah, I'm very into it. For sure. 
But you know that that seems on brand because I still don't know how to pronounce that one actor's name. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it after we finish, and then next episode I'm just gonna say his name like five times. Just no, no reference, no. Uh, you know, they won't have anything to do with what we're talking. You're about. just gonna use it as like an an interjection, like yeah. Huh. Hey, do you remember this actor? That one. Yeah, that's how you say it. There you go. All right. Well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later, Logan. I'll talk to you later, buddy. I'm Adam. And I'm Logan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam1Z4J2. And you can find me at Redenfield, R E D D E N F I E L D. And if you just want to get in touch with us, like directly just for the podcast, you can go ahead and email us at overlyhornybostonbusdriver at gmail.com. Logan, how do, you, how do you spell that? Okay, I'm not spelling that, but it is. Overly horny Boston bus driver, all one word, no spaces, no caps at gmail.com. Pretty easy to figure out. Looking looking forward to your emails, everybody. Sure are. <laughs>